This is the Sacker Cricket Show with Travis Wakeling, focusing on all things cricket in South Australia. Join the strikers in their quest for glory. Yes, welcome. It's Tuesday afternoon and that means it's time for the Sacker Cricket Show. My name is Travis Wakeling. I'm excited to be on air with you today. And with me across the table is our esteemed leader from the Scorpions, as I like to say, whenever she's on the show, is Gemma Barsby. Hey, Trav, how are you going? I'm so well, thank you. More importantly, how are you going? Yeah, it's going through waves today. Obviously, we had um, we had a team function last night and um, it ended up having a chilly, well, yeah, a hot spice competition and um, us obviously being cricketers and being very competitive, it got to the extreme levels and... Yeah, a few of us coming out uh, hurting, but we, yeah, four of us were able to pick up a brand new Weber from Barbecue Adelaide, so can't complain. <laughs> I was I was sitting on Instagram last night and I, I saw your stories appearing and uh, you le- literally looked like your head was on fire. Oh, my face was so hot and just, yeah, it was just like the wave of coming, like my eyes were watering. My nose was watering. It was just nothing I've ever experienced before and nothing I ever want to experience again, to be honest. <laughs> I was on, I, I thought I was going to have to line up a new guest for the show today. But uh, it's good to see you've pulled through. Great to have you on the show because you have a huge game this weekend and we want to talk more about that. But this show today, we've got a massive show as always. So Big T20 final on Sunday night at Adelaide Oval. It's the Glenelg Cricket Club versus West Torrens. So we're going to have Jake Winter, the captain of Glenelg, on the show today. Uh, and we've also got a night watchman with a bit of a different criteria this week but I'm really eager to hear about his international career had a bit of a different international career played for the Redbacks for many many years um, and also played some internationals at one of our associate countries as well so looking forward to hearing from the night watchman later in the show obviously I'll be talking South Australian cricket without touching on unfortunately the disappointing result that we had up in the Gold Coast last night the Red uh, sorry not the Redbacks now I'm jumping ahead the Strikers um Obviously, going down to the Brisbane Heat, a Josh Brown epic. We spoke of air about, you know, his run of 15s and 20s and little starts, and he'll come in and hit a six and a four and then and then throw away his wicket. That innings last night was probably one of the most special innings I've seen in BBL cricket. What did you think? Yeah, it was unbelievable. Obviously, he's from, um, from Queensland, from club cricket there, so I've kind of... I guess, witnessed and watched a few videos of him dominating club cricket there for a couple of years. And obviously that's how he got picked up for the heat. So I kind of knew he could do that. But obviously when you get to that higher level, uh, the opposition know how to bowl better to you. And yeah, the timing probably couldn't be better for him. And unfortunately not great for the strikers, but that was some unbelievable hitting. Some of those sixes were huge. He had hit 12 of them too. And um yeah, you kind of just have to applaud that and it just shows that one player can take away T20 cricket and that's frustrating. But, um, yeah, the strikers should be really proud of where, I guess, where they started their season to then be able to bounce back and, and make that challenger final. I think they should, yeah, be able to hold their heads high and um, obviously then reflect on, on what they can do better as well. Absolutely. And, you know, you touched on there. So halfway through the season bottom of the table we finished second last last season despite a couple of really standout performances so there was there was the green shoots we had the you know there was definitely some positives happening there we've seen growth this season for you know based on based on our last season so jumping from second bottom of the table 
into third position um, and some really good performances from a couple of young players last night. I don't know about you, but I was really impressed by Thomas Kelly and also um, Harry Nielsen. Really nice to see him be able to score his first 50 in... Um, in BBL cricket, what did you what did you think about the performances there, and the, I suppose the future for the Strikers men's team moving into next season? Yeah, it's exciting. I think, like you said, I think it was a perfect um, opportunity for for those two to come out and play some cricket and and kind of get that belief that they can make those runs and and take the game on at that level. And um, yeah, obviously Tom Thomas Kelly's been dominating club cricket there and been in, especially in the T Twenty setup. So for him to be able to, I guess, get that opportunity where it was kind of I guess we. I think when he came in, they were needing twelve and over at that point. So it was kind of just go out there and have some fun. And if it starts to come off, then you get into that situation. And kind of the same with Harry's. Kind of been renowned for just working it around and getting the other batter on strike. And for him to get fifty off thirty-three balls and going at um, above a run of balls, um, yeah, definitely gives him confidence. And yeah, it gives I guess the strikers that belief that they were sitting second last. Um, on the table and then to be able to bounce back so quickly within that shortened format now of of the big bash so um yeah there's definitely a lot of positives and still a a lot of to reflect on as well obviously we still at the top of the order really relied on Matt Short there and um Chris Lynn obviously helped there a bit before he got injured and had to go away as well so I think there's still some the areas that the the strikers men need to um continue to I guess work on and try and find avenues to to get better to then hopefully make the final next year. But, um, yeah, it's definitely a lot more exciting than the negatives this year compared to last year. Well, maybe you girls need to get in front of them and tell them how they can take the next step. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we also had a a test match, and whilst it was a great performance by the Aussies, we can't help but be disappointed as um, cricket fans um, around the, obviously, the, the two and a bit days of test cricket that we were able to get here in South Australia. But boy, oh boy, did our state turn it on. For those, oh. for those two, two and a bit days. So 26,000 at day one, 23,000 at day two. And then knowing that there was going to be potentially less than half an hour of play on day three and 17,000 have come through the gates. Like, listeners, congratulations to yeah. any one of you who are, who are listening and came along to support um, cricket in South Australia because I think that was an incredible turnout. We've shown once again why Test Cricket and premium Test Cricket belongs in South Australia. Um, Jem, did you get down to any of the game at all? One of those uh, one of those 60-odd thousand people that attended the game? Yeah, absolutely. You can't miss those days. Obviously, being a SACA member, you got to make the most of it. And, um, yeah, it was there, fortunate enough for, to be there on day one. And, um, yeah, it was watch the, the first session in the stands and then wandered out to out to the back to the village green and uh, yeah enjoyed myself at the back there but um like you said it was an amazing turnout by the crowd i think even on day three where we had yeah around sixteen thousand rock up i think that was more than what the wacker got oh sorry at, at optus stadium on day one so um yeah an absolute massive shout out to to all the the members and and the general public for coming out and supporting that and um yeah so i guess it's an exciting next couple of years that we are able to have England and India come. So I guess, yeah, it's exciting time to 
see the numbers that we're going to pull for those games. Absolutely. And um, you mentioned about being able to enjoy the Village Green. We, we managed to keep it open for all of Friday as well. So at least the members got to, uh, once the cricket was done around lunchtime, able to head out the back. Um, enjoy have, the pims. Enjoy the pims, enjoy the live music um, and have a bit of fun. So um, that was great to be able to keep that open a little bit longer on, on Friday. And fingers crossed, well, we know that we've got, like you said, England, India and England coming the next two years. So we're excited to, uh, to hopefully have two five-dayers down to the wire. Yeah, fingers crossed. It'll be <laughs> exciting. And hopefully back to a day-nighter as well. The, it definitely felt a bit odd having a, a day test it here, um, not having the morning to do your own thing and then um, walk strolling into the day-night test. So hopefully... Fingers crossed we can bring that spectacle back to Adelaide Oval as well. Absolutely. And um, in terms of, we, did, we didn't miss out on some good quality cricket in the, two, in the couple of days that we had there. So our local hero, Travis Head, he does it again at home. He, he averages 70 uh, battle, batting at the Adelaide Oval in Test cricket. Uh, pretty special for us South Australians to be able to see our local hero turn up again. Absolutely. He knows when to, to pull out the runs, doesn't he? Times are pretty perfectly and... Um, yeah, and then for him to be able to be out there with Alex Carey for a little bit out in the middle as well, I think, yeah, the, the Adelaide fans really enjoyed that and um, hopefully he can continue that form into the second <laughs> test at the Gabba. And it's funny because a lot of the people would look at the lineups and go, oh, well, you know, he scored a ton against the West Indies weekend side, but everyone um, in that in that game was really struggling with the bat. It, it was not easy conditions out there for batters. Shamar Joseph, the debutant, was absolutely bowling heat. And, you know, he was the sort of the one player that was able to stand up and play a bit of trav ball as we as we talk <laughs> about um, hitting it at, at a really good strike rate. But, um, yeah, it sort of went against the grain in terms of the how the rest of the game had played out. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, the West Indies were probably in that for a good day, day and a half there. And, and then, unfortunately... Their second innings with the bat wasn't up to standard, and um, corner, kind of the bowlers can't defend 25 in that in that second second innings for Australia. So yeah, it's exciting. I think that's I guess a small win when you're coming up an unknown of the West Indies that you pull the the likes out and and you get to unearth some new talent. And yeah, he was he was looking pretty dangerous. And his first ball of international cricket to get Steve Smith yeah. in and around that is um, something pretty special. And he definitely won't be able to walk the streets unknowingly now, so people will definitely know who he is and probably have that expectation to go up to the Gabba and, and do the same thing. Absolutely, and let's hope that he keeps playing Test cricket as well because we would love to see West Indies' best talent play continue to play Test cricket. Um, so preparations are on for yourself now, moving into the Scorpions. You've got a few games left in the season. Hopefully really push. There's still mathematic chances of yep, making yep. finals. So, um, But you've got a game at Adelaide Oval this weekend. and Oh, sorry, not this weekend. Monday. Monday uh, night, yep. Monday night. So we're ex- excited for you guys to get back out on Adelaide Oval for the first time since the redevelopment. Um, how are the girls feeling? And um, you're looking forward to the game. Yeah, absolutely. It's really exciting and an amazing opportunity for us. Obviously, we don't get many games out on Adelaide Oval as a Scorpion, so yeah, and to have it as a day-nighter, it's something pretty special. And it's coming up against Victoria, which uh, um, have got a few inclusions over the last couple of rounds as well. So I think it's going to be really exciting. And yeah, we have to win all our games and, and kind of have results go away. But um, yeah, hopefully we can put on some um, really good cricket and um, we're lucky enough to also have our past players event on Monday night as well. So hopefully we can um, put on a good little show for them and, and play some really good cricket like I know we can do. Absolutely. And then you're backing it up a couple of days later down at Karen Rolton Oval as well. Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be exciting going from a, a bouncy Adelaide Oval wicket to, to Karen Rolton and, 
and adapting to those conditions over a couple of days. So, um, yeah, it's going to be really exciting and hopefully some really good cricket as well. Excellent. And speaking of cricket on the weekend, we have the T20 final between Glenelg and West Torrens. We're going to talk to Jake Winter just after the break about his captaincy of the Glenelg side, his amazing form, and the and preview the T20 finals. So that will be Jake Winter right after the break. You're listening to the Sacker Cricket Show with Travis Wakeling, focusing on all things cricket in South Australia. Join the strikers in their quest for glory. Welcome back. You're listening to the Sacker Cricket Show with Travis Wakeling and Gemma Barsby. It's time for our first guest of today, and there is a very exciting final that was meant to happen a couple of weeks ago, and then it didn't. And now it's happening this Sunday. It's at Adelaide Oval, Sunday night. It's between Glenelg and West Torrens. And we are lucky enough to have the captain of the Glenelg Cricket Club. His name is Jake Winter. Jake, thanks for coming on the show. No, thanks for having me, guys. Great to have you on. And um, obviously, you've had a ner- bit of a nervous wait over the last couple of weeks. How, how have you sort of dealt with dealt with the the experience of obviously having the game postponed a couple of weeks ago we actually had Daniel Drew on that day and he was going to be playing in the final that afternoon and then and then obviously having that postponement now you've got a Sunday night game under lights at the Oval you must be excited about that yeah no it'll be um it'll be really exciting obviously yeah it was a weird one to have it cancelled the day before we're supposed to play um but it's been um full on for us as a team anyway we've had you know it seems like we've played every Sunday so far um this this January so it's not like we're short of cricket as such but yeah no it'll be a really good game and under lights as well it'll be a good spectacle yeah obviously with the the change of date does that mean the Redbacks boys and obviously the uh the strikers and everyone that's playing in the T20 setup at the moment are they are they back for you guys uh, from what I know, yes. Um, obviously, given celebrations for some of the Heat boys if they if they win on on Wednesday, but um, from what I've been told, yeah, we should have all our players available. So that'll be Nathan McSweeney, um, Brendan Doggett, Harry Conway, and uh, Liam Scott as well. Big lineup. That's a yeah. very, it's a very good lineup and uh, worth coming. It'll along be very and, good. Worth coming along and having a watch for anyone who's uh, who's around the place on Sunday night. But mate, you're in um, you're in pretty good form yourself at the moment. So Glenelg, obviously top of the ladder in the two day comp. You're, you're playing in a T20 final. You're the skipper. You're hitting tons for fun, and uh, and you know still even when you're not turning up, you're getting sort of into the 80s and and making really solid contributions. What do you put your form down to? Uh, good question. I, I, I don't know. It's sort of coming into it, um, just being pretty free and um, sort of have backing my own ability about what I what I do and um, how I go about it, especially in the shorter format, so in the fifty and twenty over formats. But um, yeah, just trying to play my role for the team, whatever that may be. And um, I missed a fair chunk of the start of the season with a with a quad injury, so it's good to come back and actually uh, perform for the team. And for our listeners, what kind of player would you say you are? Is there a player that's playing at, at the high levels that you, you would liken yourself to? Um, give our listeners a bit of an insight into what you, what you pride yourself on, um, what's, what's the main part of your game that you do well? Oh, I don't even know who I'd, who I'd base myself around, but I try to be quite aggressive, especially in shorter formats, um, try and take the bowling you know, take to the bowling, sorry, and uh, make sure I'm putting the pressure on, on the opposition. Um, but, in you know, in red ball, it's a bit more, it's a bit different, but still trying to make sure I'm putting runs on the board to make you know, that sort of scoreboard pressure for the opposition um, and not letting them settle because sometimes you 
get a bit locked down in Red Bull cricket. So trying to make sure that I'm still allowing the allowing the boys at the other end, you know, to bat with freedom as well. So. And in in that kind of form as well, are you getting feedback from sort of state selectors and um, you know Redbacks um, and the Sacker staff around around how your form's holding you in terms of getting close to that team? Is that something that you sort of are looking to get back into? I know you you've held a contract previously, um, but yeah, is that something that you sort of are striving towards still? And what kind of feedback are you getting? Yeah, oh, definitely, I'd love to. Um play high-level cricket, and I've never actually really got the chance to play for South Australia, so I'd definitely love to represent the state at some point, um, you know, whether what that be, whether it's um, one-day cricket or Sheffield Shield, but um, no, like, it's, it's hard because there hasn't really been too much conversation around it. I've just sort of been trying to, first of all, get myself fit with my quad, um, and then, yeah, keep trying to make as many runs and force my way, force my way into the team that way. Absolutely, and you have actually played one first-class game, which is no doubt a pretty cool experience for you. Um, went back and had a look. You played in 2016 one game um, that was against Pakistan uh, for the CA11. Now we've recently had a CA11 game here. Some of our members might uh, might remember the West Indies played the CA11 a couple of weeks ago at Camrolton Oval. But back in the day, you played against a touring Pakistan, played against Babar Azam, Yunus Khan, a bunch of other superstars. And you actually top scored for the CA11 with 39 in a low-scoring game, mate. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, that was uh, it. Was pretty unbelievable. I um, I was fortunate enough to play in a a practice sort of game in England when I was over there the um, in their summer just before that game, and England were uh, sorry Pakistan were touring England, and it was a sort of a game in and around them, and I stayed out a bit of a trial game, and I got to sort of know a few of the Pakistan guys and. Um, so then to play them again, you know, probably three months later was um, a really cool experience. And obviously they had a pretty formidable attack at the time with uh, Muhammad Amir, uh, Wahab Riaz, um, Muhammad Irfan. They, they had a really good um, good lineup. Uh, but it was just, for me, it was getting through those guys and trying to do my bit against them and then try and um, take the spin down like I normally do and try and score a few runs that way. Absolutely. Well, uh, like I said, you had a, a pretty good game by the by the standard of the of the game with a pretty low scoring, um, pretty low scoring one. You uh, yeah managed to score thirty nine. So well done. That's uh, that's something yeah, you can take with yeah. you. A story you've always a story you've always got to tell. <laughs> I just wanna, no, that's exactly right. Yeah. I just want to jump back into this twenty twenty final because um, yeah, it's sure. an exciting time. We um, obviously you're playing against West Torrens. Um, you've mentioned some of the players that you might get back, but they've got a pretty dangerous side themselves. Who are, who are some players that you really are going to be really key to to shut out of the game uh, this Sunday? Oh, they've got they've got a a, a number of players who can um, take the game away from you, um, especially up the top of their their batting order. You know, they've got Kelvin Kelvin Smith, uh, Bailey Capel's been in good form, um, even. Harry Menenti in the in the T20 finals of the quarterfinals and semifinals did a really good job for them and um, scored runs at quite a quite a quick rate. So I think for me he's a pretty big one for us to shut down if he if he gets to the crease. Um, but obviously, with, and then their bowling they've got you know they've got quite a good um, pace attack up front with um, Spence and um, Bucky. So trying to make sure yeah you're limiting their impact on the game and then um, also trying to make sure you're not letting them yeah dominate the scoreboard by not letting us, you know, score any runs. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good challenge. They're a good side and we've lost a few against them before. So um, it'd be nice to get one back over them in a final. 
yeah, it's definitely going to be an amazing and exciting game of cricket. Have you been able or been lucky enough to, to play on Adelaide Oval yet? Yeah, I um we I played a one day final uh twenty fifteen sixteen. Uh we won, we beat Tea Tree Gully. Um so I played played that day. That was a day night game as well, so I got to play under lights, which was cool. Um and then we played a, I played West Torrens in a T twenty final might have been twenty sixteen or seventeen as well. Um and we yeah, we lost that one unfortunately, but that was a day that was a day final against them there. So Yeah, so you got a bit of bit of knowledge under your belt. Does Obviously, being a, a a Sunday night final, does that mean you've taken Monday off work? <laughs> yeah, I was just discussing that with the boss before. I said I might have to take it off, especially if we uh, we get up. So um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we do, and um, oh, we can have some celebration through to Monday. What do you do for work, mate? And uh, and how do you manage that with your with your hectic cricket, cricket schedule? Obviously, being an up and coming player, um, you, you're obviously training a lot and playing a lot. How do you how do you manage that time? Uh, yeah, it's pretty tricky. I, I'm a um, winemaker out in the Brossa, so um, good yeah, friend of the show then. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it. So um, no, it is a bit harder tra- doing a bit of travel, um, but uh, yeah, I try my try my best. It's going to come into a pretty busy season as well for work, so um, it'll be a busy few months of trying to manage it all. Um, but I, like, work's really good with me, and they're they're pretty understanding when when it comes to cricket and. Um, sometimes that may have to take priority, but um, it's a bit of, bit of give and take with both. So, yeah. Love it. Well, well obviously, um, Glenelg are a really supportive club of, um, of all of the, the things that you need to do outside of cricket as well. And, you know, let's give a bit of love to Glenelg as well. Is there, is there some up-and-coming players that we want to keep our eye on as, as listeners and, and lovers of cricket um, through the Glenelg ranks that you, that you think are going to be future stars? Yeah, uh, well, um, Will Bowering debuted for the second eleven this week. Um, obviously, from a first go point of view, he's played quite a lot, but um, it's good to see him getting some opportunities. He's dominated this season with the ball, and he, he's bowling as good as I've sort of seen him, especially in Red Bull cricket. Um, so he's definitely one that if he yeah if he keeps going the way he is, um, there's no stopping him. I think. Um, then there's a guy playing in our twos, young kid called Jack Thomas, really good player, um, really aggressive young batter. Um, he'll be one to look look forward to seeing. I think hopefully in Agro cricket in the next few years. Um, and then there was another young kid, um, Kuldeep Singh, who played in the under 17s. Uh, he was he's very good as well. Um, he's playing two threes at the moment. And then also Tommy Wilkinson playing in the under 19s team in that dip two. He's definitely one to watch. Bowls good pace, and I think we'll only get quicker in the next few years as well. Beautiful. Well, that's a few good names to for our listeners yeah, to, to keep an eye out for, and um, no doubt we'll hear plenty about them as their careers develop. So, but not only them, yourself, mate, you're in excellent form. Um, Glenelg going so well. You're the skipper, you know. So, congratulations to you on on your season so far, and really hope to yeah. see see it continue. Look forward to seeing you down at the Oval there on. Uh, on Sunday night, I'll be doing the post-match presentation. So, um, <laughs> I, <yeah. laughs> hopefully, handing him the medal. Well, I can't. I yeah, can't that's pick exactly favorites. Right. <laughs> I can't pick favorites. So, but uh, I'll no doubt see you there. And um, all the best for the game, mate. And look forward to look forward to watching a good game of cricket. Beautiful. Thank you very much, guys. Awesome. Good Thanks, luck, Jake. Jake.
They were Jake Winter from Glenelg Cricket Club. Great to get some insight into, you know, how he manages his work life. And, you know, we've made a new friend today as, as he makes wine. Yeah, happily, <laughs> happily go, go suss that out, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll wait for the invite after the show. But um, great to have him on and hear all things Glenelg and why they are so successful at the top of the ladder. So um, moving on to our, our next break, but after the break, you and I have had a fun little exercise. We've we've put together a mixed strikers team of the season. So I'm excited to do that. Um, you know, our women's season's over, our men's season's over. It feels like time for a mixed competition. Let's go. Let's put our, our teams together. So we'll do that right after the break. You're listening to the Saka Cricket Show with Travis Wakeling, focusing on all things cricket in South Australia. Join the strikers in their quest for glory. Yes, you're listening to the Sacker Cricket Show with Travis Wakeling and Gemma Barsby. It's a hot day in Adelaide. We are absolutely sweltering in here, but we're getting through for another great show. Um, I hope you're enjoying it as well. And like I said last week, if you're enjoying the show, we're very early in the piece in our in our radio career. For Gemma and I, we, we've not hosted radio shows before, but we're having a bit of fun doing this. So if you're enjoying it, please make sure you share it with your networks, with your friends, cricket lovers. Any, anyone you can to, uh, to get the word out there because we're, we're loving doing it. And we're loving presenting some great guests to you each week. So please um, share the show and, uh, and let's uh, support South Australian cricket. Speaking of South Australian, cric- South Australian cricket, we have uh, just wrapped up, unfortunately, a couple, of, a couple of days early, our Adelaide Strikers season. So we've now we've seen the women's season. We've gone back to back. An incredible side yourself a, a member of that team Gemma um, are, you, are the celebrations finished yet or are you or are you still kind of rolling through <laughs> yeah any opportunity that we get given to um, I guess to keep celebrating obviously we got to to go to one of the strikers men's game and um, get onto the oval here at Adelaide Oval and um, show the crowd the the trophy and then um, we're able to enjoy some refreshments after that <laughs> so just keeps rolling on and you got to make the most of it while while those opportunities arise refreshments very well put <laughs> <laughs> and then we just obviously last night we finished up with the the strikers men's season a really really positive season as we touched on in the intro but now we feel like there should be a mixed season you know we see mixed basketball we see mixed netball we see all these mixed sports how about a mixed big bash so we've done our mixed Best 11 uh, from the Strikers for this season. I think it's pretty good too, to be honest. I think we'll be up there with some of the top ones, I reckon. Good luck beating this side is all I can say. Absolutely. All right. So we're kicking it off. We've got, I mean, how could you go past at number one, the captain of the side? Uh, Actually, we didn't talk about the captain. Yeah, I was going to say. No, let's not have him as the captain. (laughs) No, we'll we'll reassign the captaincy. But uh, vice-captain. Yes, vice-captain. Matty Short. Incredible year. So 541 runs at an average of 60. Like, that's just stupid numbers in T20 cricket. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It just shows how consistent he has been. And he's been doing it for a number of years as well. So, yeah, he's, he's one you definitely can't leave out of your side. And... Even stepping up as captain for the men this year to have that extra responsibility, it didn't seem to phase him. And and then not to mention his bowling. So it became really obvious um, in the second half of the season just how important his bowling is at the start of that 
um, opposition innings because he wasn't actually bowling the first over through the first half of the season. And, and we sort of spoke about on the show a couple of weeks ago the, the challenge of being the captain and bowling yourself and batting yourself first. But I think he's, he plays such a crucial role. He pinches a couple of overs, doesn't go for many runs. You know, that change of role would have, I think, really sort of elevated the striker's season from that point. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the, the perk of being able to bowl that first over as well, where the batters are kind of coming out there. They're assessing the wicket and, and what it's doing. So if you can sneak an over in there and, and get the ball rolling, then happy days. But like you said, I think as captain, it is a bit odd where you then have to try and bowl yourself. But I think it's I think at the end of the day, you then have to realise what's the best for the team. And him taking that first over and sneaking it through and getting the ball rolling and getting everyone up and about, I think yeah, it was definitely the right way to go. And then, so supporting him as as the lead, as the opening bat, and she had a pretty damn good season herself. Dominant and incredibly consistent. Um, didn't have the highest score of the competition, but felt like she was scoring 50 every single game. It's Katie Mack. Yeah, absolutely. She's been consistent for a number of seasons now, and she's a little whippet out there too. She's not clearing the boundary. She's taking the fielders on and, and getting those quick singles and especially in T20 cricket you're trying to steal as many runs as possible so yeah she's a must in there at the the top of the order now at number three we've agreed on Chris Lynn as a uh, there. now I, I, I suppose Jake Weatherall did make a late charge um, given his late season form at number three but um, he's 304 runs again averaging 60 obviously playing less games than Matty Short um, and he managed to I think get through the whole season without fielding yeah, <laughs> that's what happens when you get a bit older. You're able to, to work around and just kind of, uh, I guess, make the younger guys come out and field for you and just go out there and, and have a little net session like he did. But, um, yeah, I guess a lot of people probably had question marks over Chris Lynn this year and um, where he's just kind of doing the circuit now and is he getting the consistency that he used to do, and especially at the heat. But um, it just showed this year that he's still able to do that and he cleared the rope on multiple occasions as well. Said on the show a couple of weeks ago he loves batting Adelaide Oval as well so let's hope let's hope he's back again next year. Uh, number four, uh, I briefly touched on Weathers but um, late charge. Now we know that he started the, started the season a bit slowly, got dropped from the side but an incredible comeback and uh, obviously some pretty special performances at the back end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the obviously the, the highlight for him was the 80 off 30 balls down in Tassie. I think that kind of just set the, the strikers where they needed to win that game, and he came out and, and put on a show. And like you said, he probably didn't start the greatest, but uh, the perks of T20 cricket of being able to get that other chance, and he really took it by storm because then he then went on to make 47 and 56 as well. So... Yeah, the late sneaky charge into the team, I reckon. Absolutely. And you you take into account that the performances were, were the games that we were winning when we needed to win in essentially a, a, a full half season of elimination finals. So, um, yeah, pretty special performance at the back end from Jake Weatherall. So now we've got the captain of the team coming <laughs> in at number five. And uh, I, I don't know, I, I, I think I just saw Matt's name and assumed, assumed, assumed yeah. captaincy, but no... Absolutely, our captain should be T-Mac coming, coming in at number five. So uh, T-Mac had a really, really consistent season. So 304 runs at 20, 25, heaps of wickets um, and comes in and she just takes a wicket when you need it. Yeah, just and that's, a knack. 
Absolutely, and that's, I think, obviously probably one of the reasons why I'd put her as captain as well. She steps up when the moment needs it and and she celebrates when she knows it's big too. (laughs) Obviously, the moment of taking Laura Harris in the final for a golden duck and she's off celebrating, she... Um, that's when you know that's meant meant a lot, and she knows that's a crucial time in the game, and she does it on numerous occasions. So, yeah, she's definitely one that you want in your side. Pretty much ended up in the members' stand with that celebration, I reckon. So. Rightly so, <laughs> rightly so. So this one sent out six and seven. We've debated over. We think that it would be a situational um, change in terms of the batting order. Yep. If you need quick runs at the end, yep. um, we're bringing in Jamie Overton. Um, So Jamie Overton, obviously, standout season with the ball. Um, He took 16 wickets, um, was just pipped for the the golden arm, but his his record with the bat as well. So he hit 85 runs. He didn't actually get much of an opportunity to bat because our top order were so dominant. Um, But 85 runs at 42.5 in an average and vital contributions with the ball. What did you think of our international recruit, Jamie Overton? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, probably a bit of pressure on him, him coming over as an international, but, yeah, he really stepped up and bowled some of those tough overs as well. And, um, yeah, I thought he was yeah it was exceptional for the strikers, and hopefully we can bring him back next year and, and really try and have that consistency there of, of our internationals. But, yeah, I thought he was great, and we put him in there in case we do need those quick runs and to clear the boundary. So, yeah, he definitely makes our team this year. And I think with that top order, we would we would hope that he would just be coming in with the with the need for quick runs more yeah, so. The license to swing. <laughs> yeah, but we've got a saviour in mind. So if we do happen to have a collapse and we we need someone who can come in, push the gaps, um, run hard between wickets, we've got a sensational batter to come in um, and someone who took the most dismissals of yep. all the wicket keepers in the competition uh, for the WBBL this season. It's your good mate. Bridget Patterson. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, there was a bit of pressure on her this year of, with the gloves of um, people being like, Does she, has she ever kept before? And <laughs> it's a bit odd that we kind of decided to go down that avenue. But um, to be, take the most dismissals, I think it was, yeah, stand up for her. And she backed it up with the bat as well. And, yeah, like you said, she'll be the one to come in if we have um, lost a few quick wickets that she'll be able to come in and take the game on still but be calculated in how she does it. Yeah, she was. Um, she, she hit 304 runs at... 27 so it's a good season and I'm sure if Beth Mo- Beth Mooney wasn't so dominant at the top of the order she would have she would have had to be the reserve um, the reserve wicket keeper in the team of the tournament so um, no absolutely fantastic season from Bridget so now we're on to the bowlers yep um, and we have agreed at number eight we've got a incredibly talented leg spin bowler um, who can also come in and uh, score quick runs if needed Amanda Jade Wellington yeah, she's a must, isn't she? She's done it time after time, and, and when, normally when the, the team's against the wall, she will come up and, and do a wello, doing wello things. She's she's definitely a different character where she, if everyone else is struggling, she seems to come out and perform. And, um, and even in those tight situations, obviously in our last two championship wins, she's bowled the last over and, and got us over the line. So she's got nervous steel as well, and, yeah, she's definitely – Suited there at the number eight position. Best economy rate of all of the um, you know top bowlers in the competition, and also t- twenty three wickets at an average of eleven point six five. Like that's not ri- bad. ridiculously good numbers. <laughs> so um, 
well done, Wello, great season, and of course, player of the match in the final yeah. as well. So another Weber to her name. Another Weber. She's got four of them. So yeah. doesn't want to share them either. But yeah. lucky enough, I got one last night, so yeah. I'll get off her back. <laughs> Barbecues at your place, hey Jim. Yeah. Um, all right. So at number nine, uh, we've ended up going with this was just a batting order decision rather than who we had in the side, but we've gone with Megan Shoot. Uh, why did we go with Shooter at nine? Oh, she's just a class bowler. She does our t- tough overs of opening up um, in the power play and then obviously then the power surge as well. So she's been time after time so consistent for us. There's probably one or two games she might have been a little expensive, but like I said, she bowls those tough overs. And even with the bat, she came in and saved us um, at Cricket Central there. We were four for not many. Um, and then obviously lost a few quick wickets there and it was her and uh, Laura Wolvart there to save us and ultimately that partnership of those two got us over the line to, to defend, defend that low score. So, um, yeah, she's just consistent. She's got, she's a competitor. She loves it. She loves the banter. Um, it kind of gets her in the game and, um, yeah, she's definitely a must and I reckon she'll be the roughie to probably take out the women's strikers player of the the year. Yeah, absolutely. And, um and just an absolute stalwart of the team has been around for so long and, and doing so well still. So um, great to have Shooter on the team. So we've got two more spots. Now, this was really tough. There was three players in particular um, that we that we spoke about. But at number 10, we've gone with Cameron Boyce. Cameron Boyce. Um, so Boyce has had 14 wickets at 20.92. But it felt like the games where we needed to win, he almost turned it around for us with, you know, taking, you know, going four overs and only going for 12, 13 runs. Like, in really, really crucial games, it, you know, he kept it tight. He took wickets. Um, what did you think of Boy- Boise's season? Yeah, absolutely. There was probably a lot more pressure and expectation on his shoulders this year as well. Obviously, Rashid Khan not being able to come over and, and play. So it kind of all fell back onto him. And um, we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago as well, and he just showed – how he he said how he kind of just loved I guess getting away from cricket and spending the family time and then kind of just coming in and doing his job and it showed this year that it really worked for him and yeah he bowled those tough overs and and took those crucial wickets for the strikers men and um yeah I definitely think he had a really good um season and took that expectation on board he absolutely did and spin has been such an incredible part of both teams um obviously yourself as a as an off spin bowler um we've we've got Amanda Jade Wellington, um, Annie Sue as well. Um, Lloyd Pope coming in late L- for the Pope, men. Lloyd Pope, and and this was where this became. This was such a difficult decision. Our number eleven, 11. in yep. the in the team, and uh, you know Lloyd Pope has a very good claim on number eleven because also his batting is very <laughs> much a number eleven. Yep. But uh, we've we've ended up going with Darcy Brown, and the reason we went with Darcy Brown four games had a really good grand final, but her economy rate of four point four, the bats the batters just can't get her away. Yeah, she's like you said, she was coming back from a, a hamstring injury, so she only played the the back end of the tournament, but they were probably the crucial ones as well and obviously played the final and opens up for us, so only with two out and then um, bowls in the power surge as well. So to have that economy rate 
opening the bowling and in the power surge is something pretty special and just that pace that she generates and the line and length that she has um yeah she's something pretty special and hopefully she can stay fit and firing and and be able to do that at the Aussie level as well absolutely and then Lloyd in a very very solid 12th position there and then 13th uh in there for leadership and the vibes and the vibes yeah and a very, very reliable player to come in should there be any injuries, Jay Barsby. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just a pity, pity um, 13, but I'll take it for the vibes. I'll bring the banter. Yeah. Make sure the, the drinks are icy cold. Yeah. Got to make sure they're, they're, they're good to go and then I'll be there. I called it the Mitch Marsh role that yeah. he played in those couple of World Cups and uh, where he didn't actually get to play a game, but he was just there for, you know, in case of an injury and then but absolutely brought the good times with him. I'll happily take that take that claim, that's, that's for sure. Well, we're glad you could get you, we could get you into the squad after you asked me this morning if we'd make sure that we got you into the 13. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not Thanks. true. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jim. That was good fun. So after the break, we are going to have our Night Watchman. Very excited. Bit of a different Night Watchman to what we usually have. So that'll be just with us right after the break. You're listening to the Sacker Cricket Show with Travis Wakeling, focusing on all things cricket in South Australia. Join the strikers in their quest for glory. Yes, welcome back. You're listening to the Sacker Cricket Show today with Travis Wakeling and Gemma Barsby. You've just finished hearing our combined men's and women's strikers team of the year. If you did miss any of that, please make sure you catch up on the podcast. Just search the Sacker Cricket Show wherever you find your podcast and you'll be able to listen back. We have a very special night watchman today, Jem. I've changed my criteria, though. So I, I've been going with night watchmen who are, are bowlers who can bat. Yep. Um, or potentially can't bat at all. Uh, <laughs> but that's all part of the fun. Today, I've got another interesting story. It, it's someone who played for the Redbacks for many years, had a 12-year first-class career and played lots of T20 in, in the big bash, but also had... A really fascinating international career, and I can't wait to talk to him. I am talking, of course, of Tom Cooper. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. How are we? Great, thank you. Uh, so good to have you on the show. And like I said, I've changed the criteria just to get you on the show today, so I feel like you should feel very honoured for that. <laughs> I certainly do. Although I would have preferred to have been a, a bowler that bats a bit. It makes for an easy game, I reckon. Well, let's start on your bowling then, because you you bowled a few you bowled a few a few offies in your time, um, mostly in I suppose your international career, which you which you played for the Netherlands, which we'll touch on in in more detail during the chat, but. Um, I saw that you had your best ODI bowling figures of three for 11. And you also played in a game when you came back into the side for the Netherlands in 2022 and you, and you dismissed Owen Morgan for a duck. Uh, do you, what, what are your memories? What, what's your favourite memories with the ball? And, and do you remember that specific dismissal of Owen Morgan? I certainly do. I, like you said, I haven't taken too many polls. So, um, most of them I do remember. Um, and a fun fact is that was... Um, well, that was his last dismissal in international cricket, and he just uh, after that. So it probably is an indication of my bowling and how embarrassed he was to get out to it. Well, it must have you must have been bowling some some real good tweakers there. So um, and and a great last memory for him in international cricket to to go out to you. Now, you were and we'll, we'll touch back on your international career in a minute. But in terms of your career in Adelaide you, you were an inaugural striker now we've obviously the, the boys have gone out um, in the the challenger final last night but did you watch the game and and where do you I suppose where do your 
loyalties lie with with regards to the T20 sides? Because I know that you obviously started with the Strikers, then spent some time at the Heat and the Renegades. How did you How did you think last night went, and um, what did you take out of the game? Yeah, I did watch bits and pieces of it, and um, it was a disappointing night, I guess, for the Strikers. Their um, their spinners had done the job so well, and I guess it was uh, they were due to. Uh, to get hit a bit, and Josh Brown was unbelievable, really. You can sort of, um, when you get beaten by an innings like that, you, it's a little bit easier to to suck up, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The, the Heat were my last team, so I've probably got to got to stick with them. But I did play the majority of my career at Renegade, so um, they were my pick at the start of the start of the tournament with a very experienced side, and they obviously let me down big time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, you know, you, like I said, you're around the you're around the traps for a long time. Twelve year first class career at the Redbacks. How did it all How did it all begin for you? You um, you started in New South Wales and then moved across to South Australia. What what um, brought that move about? Um, it was interesting. I remember I played an under seventeen Australian Championships down here and actually did really well. And start, some clubs were like, "Oh, what are your thoughts on moving to South Australia?" And as I guess a lot of people do. I, was, I said there's no chance. Like I'd grown up in New South Wales, South Australia had sort of that negative perception. Um, what are you talking which about? Which as soon as people, as soon as people come here, that changes because it is a great place. Um, but yeah, I, I moved down, had three years on a rookie contract in New South Wales, um, and then Rod Marsh actually got me down um, after that. And um, yeah, there's certainly a I'm very glad I made. Uh, I love it down here in South Australia. I still am down here. Um, and, yeah, fortunately, it led to a, uh, I guess, a reasonably successful um, career. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess coming off the back of your yeah career, I guess what are the probably, I guess, the main highlights out of that now that you can have a bit of time to reflect on your career? Um, there's so many. I guess the... Uh, the one-day final we won, but we, we didn't win it. We tied it, and because we were on top of the uh, table, we we won it by default, I guess. But that was that was a highlight. Obviously, we haven't had a whole lot of success um, over the years. So that, and then we won the the 2020 when it was state-based before the Big Bash. Um, we sort of won it one year, come second the next, and got to go to the Champions League, which was a great tournament. Did you get to play a game against Andrew Johns as well? They that was the so when uh, we had no, the... that was that was before my time because <laughs> I remember those old KFC BBL like when before it was the um, you know the, the city based teams and we had all the states playing and it was very much hit and giggle wasn't it? It started it started so much as like a gimme sort of game and then and then it's just become this absolute beast over the years, hasn't it? Who would have thought the amount of I guess millionaires and multi millionaires <laughs> it would have made. You're born in the wrong time, Tom. No, don't tell me about it. Yeah. But yeah, you used to have nicknames on the shirts, and so you said you get all these celebrities, I guess, from other sports and other areas coming in and playing, and like you said, it was hit and giggle. So um, it's been a fascinating journey for 2020 cricket. And how did the Netherlands come about? This is what I'm intrigued about, because obviously you're playing cricket in Australia, and you played a bit of rep cricket, uh, representative cricket, as a, as a junior, and did quite well, as you said. And you've been around Australia A squads, um, played some 
Prime Minister's 11. You, you hit a big 100 against the West Indies um, for the Prime Minister's 11. So, and then, but in the meantime, you're, you're playing your trade, playing international cricket, playing in World Cups for the Netherlands. I mean, that's a pretty cool story. And so how did it all come up? And um, what do you take out of your, your time playing? And I think you skipped the Netherlands for a while as well, didn't you? Never skipped, but um, it was hard to, to ring in as a skipper. But they yeah, played well, hate, probably close to 100 games, I reckon, all up for the Netherlands. And like it's been, I've been extremely lucky. Like so many great players never get that opportunity to, to play at World Cups and play international cricket. And fortunately, I got those opportunities. But it's, it's sort of my mum is Dutch. And I don't really know how that got me a, a passport because she wasn't born in Holland. She was born in Dutch New Guinea, which doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> and I basically got my passport. to I had to get it before I was 18, I think. And I got it just to be part of the European Union, really. I was going over to Scotland to play a season of cricket. Um, and it made travelling around Europe so much easier. Um, so I didn't even know at that stage that the Dutch played cricket. Um, and it just so happened the club I played for in Scotland, I had a pretty good year and averaged just under 100, I think. We got promoted. Um, and, well, I got um, the coach of Holland at the time had played for like eight years at this club previously. So I randomly got this email out of the blue saying, what, have you ever thought of coming and giving it a crack over here? And... Um, I thought it was a joke at first, um, but yeah, I obviously took it up and spent um, five or six seasons over in Amsterdam, which is a, a great city for all those that have been thinking about going or not, um, and yeah, played in numerous World Cups and, and played yeah, a lot of international cricket as such. Yeah, no doubt it would have been uh, an amazing experience, I guess. Was there a massive difference or a shock when you went over there probably first to play for the Netherlands compared to probably the, the systems over here? Oh, absolutely. When I first went there, I know it used to drop. So the coach was Peter Drinner, who played a few games for Queensland as a wicketkeeper. He was behind, obviously, Wade Seckham and Ian Healy and those guys, so it was hard to get in. But he used to hate it because it was... It was worse than club cricket. Like, training, you'd have three blokes turn up on time, another three turn up half hour later, another one, like, come in, rock up late. Like, you you could never plan anything, and it was extremely amateur. Sounds Um, like I need to start looking into my Dutch passport. (laughs) (laughs) But the the journey now, like, they did quite well in the 50-over World Cup. Obviously, we were quite successful out here. We finished our campaign beating South Africa on the Adelaide Oval in that 2020 World Cup and directly qualifying for the upcoming one. And it, um, they lit, they've just signed an MOU and going to get contracts in place for the for the first time as such. Up until now, there's been three contracted players um, and yeah, guys basically training around work. But it's it certainly come a long way and I guess the performances um, are starting to show that. And so would you consider yourself as a patriotic Dutch man now that you've played so many internationals for for the Netherlands or are you still very much uh, an Aussie through and through who uh, support gets around our Aussie test and one day and T20 sides? Depends what's on. The, uh, <laughs> the Dutch side are much better, much better football side. Um, yeah. But no, I do, I do support both. I do have a, a soft spot 
I remember I took a, a picture of the table at that World Cup when the Dutch were actually above Australia in the, on the table because Australia obviously got off to that, that slow start. And um, So, yeah, it's nice having these comps. It makes it a bit easier to barrack for someone when the other one's not going so great. <laughs> yeah, pick and choose, like you said. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously now that you're probably got more, I guess, family time now than actually playing cricket, I'm just wondering what you're, what to, what you're up to these days, a bit of commentating too, I see. Yeah, a little bit. I've still kind of got a foot in the door. I would have loved to have gone over to that 50-over World Cup, um, and part of me really wants to go to the 2020 World Cup, but like I said, it's a bit more difficult with a family um, at the moment, so whether that comes to fruition or not, I'm not sure, but yeah, it's dipping my toe in a bit of commentating. Um, did my first test match as such um, in Adelaide, a very short test match, if you can call it that, <laughs> the other day in Adelaide for ABC, so that's that's something that I've enjoyed. Um, a little bit, a bit of coaching with you guys, the Scorps, through the pre-season while um, Horse was over with the Aussie team, and I enjoyed that. So I'm not really sure what's next. Um, and that's, a, I guess it's kind of scary, kind of exciting. Um, but yeah, it's something that I'm going to have to work out reasonably quickly, I guess, or I'll um, save until dwindle away. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, you can only play cricket for so long or, uh, you know, you guys are, I always say you guys are very lucky because I was never any good. So <laughs> I've actually uh, had to try and do some study and do some other things with my life. So no, well done. Congratulations on a, a great career so far. You, you never know. You may get that, may get that call to the, to the T20 World Cup next year, like you were saying, but great to have, have you on the show, mates. And, um, and good to see you around the, around the trap still at the, uh, at the Sacker office as well. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Thank you, Tom Cooper, for coming on the show. That was a good chat. I love, I love following the um, the associate countries and their and their form in in different competitions around the world. And I see, obviously, our T Twenty World Cup next year having games played in the USA. Um, I think there's like twenty teams playing in the comp next year, and there's a USA Canada game, and then India Pakistan playing in New York City. So. Crazy. crazy absolutely crazy it's only getting bigger and stronger and yeah it's exciting time for cricket it is it is and speaking of an exciting time for cricket um we we've reached the end of this show for today but we've got a great show coming on coming on next week we've got dizzy coming back on to talk about all things finishing up the strikers season obviously like we've mentioned many times in the show a disappointing finish but a really really positive season so can't wait to hear everything that's going on um, in the the review for that for that season and as we look forward into our as we move back into Redbacks uh, as well so no doubt he's a he's a busy busy boy um, so really looking forward to next week's show great to have you on again Jem today good luck so Monday night yes. Scorps at Adelaide Oval first time since the redevelopment how excited are you yeah it's going to be unbelievable obviously to, to be able to go out there and play at, um, on Adelaide Oval day and night, it's going to be something pretty special. And, yeah, we've got our past players event as well, so hopefully a few of them can come down and support us. Absolutely, and it's free entry, so people come on down. Um, we've got a little members area open as well, so encouraging all of our SACA members to head down and support our Scorpions. But if, you are, if you're not a member and you want to come along and watch some really, really high-quality cricket, come along Monday night uh, down to Adelaide Oval, uh, and the girls will be hopefully getting back on the winners list again. Absolutely. Keep cool today. It's 41 degrees. We'll see you next week.